1: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Inside Inside Sources. Behind the scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 11:60 AM. Thanks for joining us today on KSL's Inside Sources. I'm your guest host for the day, Kirk Jowers, and I am thrilled to welcome back. Uh, a former guest host uh, of, of a KSL radio show, we, we did it together, Ben Wilson. He is uh, well-known as the podcaster for How to Take Over the World. Ben, thanks for being with us.
3: Kirk, thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it.
2: And for those of you who'd like to join in, in uh, my conversation with Ben uh, and any other guest we have, uh, please text into the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 575 575- zero zero well ben um i wanted to, to change up the title of your uh, of your podcast a little bit and and call it uh, it's the same letter so if you're if you're googling it you know you'll still get you still get people going to it but uh and call it how trump took over the world um you know the poor guy he never gets any media time so i thought maybe we should should spend some time on him um he has certainly taken over the world's attention span uh again today with uh with the UN the G7 uh he is he has been all over there. Is there anything from the research you have done for your podcast that might illuminate how he's been able to accomplish what he has and, and taken such a hold of the US and and the world?
3: Yeah, I mean I agree no one ever talks about uh Poor old Donnie Trump, so it's good that we can give him, get him a little bit of airtime. Maybe that'll boost his profile, us talking about him here. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything like it in my lifetime of someone who's been able to dominate the conversation of everyone everywhere all the time the way that Donald Trump does. You know, in terms of, I do this podcast, I'm looking at these historical figures and kind of analyzing how they were able to do what they did and accomplish what they did. And you do see some, some striking resemblances uh, with them and Trump. I mean, one is, is just the energy factor. If you look at the people who've accomplished the most, it's not always the smartest or the most capable. It's usually the most energetic. And, I mean, just go follow his Twitter account. I mean, you see him tweeting at 2 in the morning and then again at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, the rumors are from people who know him that he barely ever sleeps. He's always got high energy. So, so there is that. And then just the other one is his... Insane ability to um to, to control the conversation, which I you know I think he has in common with a lot of these people, the ability to just constantly stay on offense. He's always attacking. He's always controlling the narrative. I mean, I think you know a lot of Republicans think I like some of the things that Donald Trump does, but I just wish that he didn't say some of the things that he says.
2: Yeah, but, you hear that all the time. <laughs> all the time.
3: And and that is impossible. (laughs) That is what makes Trump Trump, is the fact that, you know, he is always throwing bombs out there. And he has to be saying things that are on the edge because that's how he controls the media narrative. Um, Well, it's
2: interesting you say that because I uh, recall I've been I was wrong on Trump from from day one. I mean, President Trump uh said that John McCain was not a war hero. I worked with John McCain since 1996 in one capacity or another and that guy's a war hero. We could go into that forever. Um and and then he called the press conference to apologize. I thought that's what any normal candidate would do as you would say, "Oh, I didn't mean to call into question his heroism in the Vietnam War. I just, you know, disagree with his stance on campaign finance or immigration or whatever it might be." But instead he doubled down and he said, my war heroes don't get shot down. And, I, I mean, I, I was floored. I was on my back. Like no one would say that. He, his campaign is officially over. And he went up a couple of points. And, and we watched those moments go, you know, almost week by week right before Marco Rubio started to try to attack Donald Trump. Uh, I had the opportunity to to be with him, and we kind of a few of us were with him, and we asked him, you know, when are you going to take your gloves off on uh, on Donald Trump? Like I know it seems impossible; no one believes he's actually going to win this thing, but he's actually winning. <laughs> he's and he's looking good in all these. You know, it's a it was a bigger field and stuff, but he had the biggest percentage. He was winning some early states and. And, and to your point, uh Senator Rubio said something to the effect of the guy is a magician i had uh I had a plan to be on the offensive every week that you know we had it all grafted out. I was going to do whatever immigration uh, you know transportation education every week he's going to have a substantive discussion, and he was all set up with wolf blitzer and and Hannity and all the the big names on cable news. And he said it seems like every day uh, a Trump will tweet something like, you know, kill all golden retriever puppies. And and immediately he is, uh, you know, they're like, Marco, I'm sorry, we don't need you uh, today. We've got to talk about what, what Trump tweeted. Or if they did let him on, it was no longer a half hour. It was two minutes, and it wasn't about immigration. It was about whether – we should kill all <laughs> golden retriever puppies or some, you know, insane thing. So I think you're right, that that, that offensive, and it paid off. Annenberg released a report that said something to the effect that he had two and a half times the, uh, the earned or free media that Hillary Clinton and all of the Republican candidates had combined. Uh, and, of course, there's a lot of ways to look at that. But um, to your point – He was he almost every day he was in charge of the narrative, even if it seemed like terrible press. It was still all about Trump.
3: And I think a lot of people think, well, couldn't he just be that aggressive and talk about tax policy? (laughs) I don't know. You know, not offend people um, and tick them off. But, uh, you know, that's what makes him tick is he wants to talk about the thing that everyone is talking about. He always wants to be the very center of attention. So, no, he can't do that. Uh, it just doesn't work with, with what he does. The reason that people pay so much attention is he's always on, on the edge. You know, he's uh, he, he's got to be out there talking about congressmen telling them that they should, you know, go back where they came from or, or whatever it was that he said to those freshmen congressmen from uh, uh, a couple weeks back. And, and because of that, you know, that that was like a few weeks ago. It feels like we've had, you know, six news cycles since then because he can just do it over and over and over again. And every time, you can't
2: help but watch. Well, thank you. We uh, can you stick on for one more episode, I uh, or one more segment? I, I'd like to ask maybe who are some historical figures that you might compare him to, uh, and maybe even play that game with a few of the people who would like to replace him. Maybe even some of our gubernatorial candidates. If you can, uh, then we will be back with with Ben Wilson here on Inside Sources. Welcome to Inside Sources. I'm your host for today, Kirk Jowers. I'm joined by How to Take Over the World podcaster Ben Wilson. Uh, we talked a little bit about Trump was able, how Trump was able to do what what he has done. Before we finish up with uh, with Trump, Ben, uh, who are some historical figures that you might compare him to? He seems uh, uncomparable.
3: <laughs> uh, in some ways, he is. I mean. If you look back at William Jennings Bryan is a name that maybe some people will remember. Uh, huh. a similar kind of populist uh, around the turn of the last century. Um, if you want to look at presidents, I mean, I think I would say Andrew Jackson uh, as someone who's a populist like Trump. Uh,
2: I think Trump has to, said that's uh, he said a lot of things, but I think he said that was one of his favorite presidents, uh, Andrew he, Jackson.
3: Uh, yeah, which, which so is, that is funny. Makes some he has sense. Sort of a mixed legacy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think you know if if you want to look at one that might be positive for Trump, I think if you look at Teddy Roosevelt, I think there's someone there who, like Trump, was kind of you know born to a upper class family that somehow had this like uh, blue collar appeal, yeah. and so uh, and was also something of a populist. So I think there's some similarities there too.
2: That one's a little tough for me. I love I love Teddy Roosevelt so much, but <laughs> but he had his issues as well. Um, we'll see what history does uh, with President Trump. Um, I, it is fascinating to me as you as you talk about that, um, and especially look at it through more of a historical lens instead of in this moment where uh, so much is controversial. But we are seeing countries around the world electing people who look. More like Trump. I'm thinking of the UK, the Philippines, and Brazil. All have candidates who are uh, widely called the Trumps of their of their respective countries for various reasons. Um, can someone just copy Trump characteristics and win right now? Like what uh, what is going on? Is that what is that what is happening? People around the world are seeing a successful model to win, and will we see that here in the U.S.?
3: I, I don't think so. Uh, I think if you look. At <laughs> the Democratic candidates right now, first of all, there's just no one who even remotely fits that profile, who could do anything even somewhat similar to what he's doing. If you look at the Republicans, I mean, I think it's kind of a common problem when you have these outsized personalities. A lot of times they, they can't tolerate having anyone else in the room who can take away any of the attention. And so there's just, at the end of their time, there's no one like them. So you look at Steve Jobs, um, who was just such a, a dynamic person, one of those people you couldn't take your eyes off of. And when he died, um, you know, Tim Cook took over Apple. Who could not be a more milk toast, normal, boring person, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that's exactly what you're going to see. I don't know who will uh, who will succeed Trump as a nominee for the Republicans, but uh, I, it's not going to be anyone nearly as dynamic or I, I think in any way similar to to Donald Trump. Uh,
2: well, that's. Let's let's play this game though. Uh, you did a great podcast on Steve Jobs, by the way. I encourage anyone to to go look at that. Everyone to. but um, I'm going to give you a few names and let's play some word association with historical figures in relation to maybe the top four candidates squaring off with Trump. Um, let's start with Joe Biden. He is still the front runner. Yeah,
3: uh, Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. Uh, I you know I see some parallels with. George H.W. Bush, mm-hmm. um, someone who was viewed fondly for the presidency that he was a part of, but maybe not actually viewed all that favorably on his own accomplishments or on his own merits. And so, um, I don't know, you know, George H.W. Bush did win the presidency. It's, it's possible that, that Joe Biden could do it as well. Um, I think if he makes it there, he, he might struggle once he's there in a, in a similar way.
2: Uh, Senator Kamala Harris from California.
3: So the the first person that comes to mind is Gary Hart. Um, just in that they both were very promising candidates for president who saw their hopes go up in a moment. And I really think that Tulsi Gabbard attack on Kamala Harris was, uh, critically injurious. I mean, I, I don't think... You think uh, that
2: was as damaging as <laughs> Gary Hart having uh, a starlet on his lap on a boat called Risky Business? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a little bit of a... That's a harsh analysis for, for Senator uh, Harris, it feels like. It, it makes
3: slightly less exciting um, in the detail, but I, I just, uh, you know, the polling shows that she had climbed from single digits, from five percent early in the campaign, all the way up to fifteen, and was on the right track. Yeah. And then that sent her back down to the single digits. And I think for where the Democratic Party is at right now, it would be better to be on a boat named "Risky Business" with a starlet on your lap <laughs> than to have the record that she has in terms of jailing people, locking them up, being a cop, and whatever else.
2: All right, quickly because I want to get to your uh, to your new new podcast that uh, is coming out this week. But uh, Bernie Sanders,
3: Bernie Sanders, um, you know, honestly, in some ways, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, hmm. he, he's an older candidate who I think everyone dismisses. He maintains like this certain core audience, uh, core supportership that doesn't go up much, doesn't go down much, and uh, a lot of people seem to rise and fall around it. It seems like a lot of people are looking for alternatives, but I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of it all, he's, uh, he's the last man standing.
2: And Elizabeth Warren.
3: Elizabeth Warren, uh, can I say Hillary Clinton? Again, is that too soon? <laughs> but, I mean, she just seems like a Hillary Clinton minus
2: 10%. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out, and we'll we'll check your your, your thoughts uh, a few months into this this further into this campaign. Um, a lot of KSL listeners and people around the world are big fans of your podcast, "How to Take Over the World." I understand you have a new episode coming out this week. Who is it?
3: So, Catherine the Great is next up on the list.
2: Um, your first woman. Lot. That's uh, that's exciting.
3: Yes. Yeah. Well. So, a lot of people have been asking uh, um, to to hear about uh, a historical woman, and uh, I I could think of no one better than than Catherine.
2: Uh, so why why Catherine, with all of the amazing historical figures to choose from, you've got a pretty big field to uh, to choose yeah, from I mean, still at this point.
3: Yeah. I mean, for one, it's just the way that the odds are stacked against her. Right. I mean. Uh, Russia, obviously, a very conservative culture, not just now, but also a couple hundred years ago when, when she was on the scene. And so for her to be able to take over as Tsarina, as Empress of Russia, is, is pretty cool. And, um, and the chance, you know, she, she was not born into power. There's really no particular reason that she should have become Empress of Russia. She was born in Germany. So an obscure story. And then also, I just think it illustrates the way, you know, people were asking to hear about a woman. And I think Catherine is an interesting case study in the way that, um, Women can influence the world uh, in many of the same ways that men can, but also in some in some different ways. So I think it was a story that, as I read it, I thought, yeah, this is, it would have taken a, a woman to do what she did. So I, I thought that was cool.
2: Uh, we're unfortunately out of time, but what is—I always ask you, what do they have in common? And, of course, we started that with President Trump, that uh, he seems to have— Endless energy to tweet and, and cause mischief or, or move move his agenda depending on what uh, what you think about it. Um, I'm going to go the other way. What did you learn from this one that was different from the other uh, the other leaders from your other episodes?
3: Yeah, I would say it's just her uh, chameleon esque nature. She's very adaptable. And like I said, born in Germany. Um But the moment she arrives in Russia, changes her name to Catherine from Sofia so that she sounds more Russian, learns fluent Russian, and just really adopts the culture and the people. So uh, to me, that was just something cool. So many uh, of these people bend the world around them to their will. And she kind of did the opposite. She bent herself. She's this contortionist who did whatever it took to stay in power and to advance her own goals.
2: Thank you so much for being with us. Ben Wilson, How to Take Over the World podcast. Coming up next on Inside Sources, Spencer Eccles. He believes we can be the number one state in education.